0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Semi-Informed with Ben and Trey. We are back again for the second episode this week. Um, Trey, what's new? I talked to you yesterday. I, oh, guess what? You know what's new? Today is St. Patrick's Day. So right. my friend.
1: <laughs> That's right. My, uh, <laughs> I'm enjoying a little coffee with a little whiskey right now.
0: All right. And I'm drinking a Guinness. Perfect. We're, we're definitely on brand if anything <laughs> drinking and drinking a drink of the times perfect <laughs> all right so today we got a uh we got a very special guest this is a guy we both go way back with and oh, yeah. uh i'm excited to to talk to him about what he's been up to so uh let's get into it without further ado we are semi-informed this week about
1: farming in america
0: yes All right, Trey, farming in America and more specifically farming, a specific kind of farming, right? Because yeah. our buddy, who is our special guest today, he does a very specific type of farming. It's not like, uh, you know, you see these guys in like Nebraska and they got big, huge fields of corn and all this other kind of stuff. This is like, it's a specific kind of farming, but he's certainly expanding. And as he just told me, they are, uh, they are in the process of starting, a, starting his farm, even though he's been doing it for years. Um, which just leaves me with more and more questions. So I guess without further ado, <laughs> let's just start talking to him. This is Tim Fox. He is the owner-operator at High Low Farm in Woodstock, Vermont. Tim, what is going on?
2: Hey everyone.
0: I love it. I love the enthusiasm right off the bat. <laughs>
2: you know it's I'm great. Here. I'm excited it's... to be here. I, have, I don't talk to I don't talk to humans that much, you know, so <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it. So Tim, Tim, just real quick, tell us, tell us about, tell us about high low farm. Tell us what kind of, uh, what are you, what are you producing at the farm?
2: So we're in Woodstock, Vermont, which is kind of the middle of the state. Um, if you go to Killington, where I know a lot of folks ski. Yep, drive another 40 minutes to the east and you come through our little town. Um, We moved here in 2014, started the farm in 2017. We produce maple syrup as a primary crop. We keep bees and make honey um, and sell bees. And we raise... We do pasture-raised meat and poultry, so we have chickens. We have a flock of approximately 500 laying hens for egg production and a herd of pigs. Right now, there's, I think, 26 pigs on the farm. Um, And we have a small flock of sheep. And then seasonally, through the summer, um, we produce broiler chickens, Um, so meat meat production will raise Around a thousand meat chickens this summer, between last week of April and early fall. Wow, this is
0: like a lot of stuff. This sounds like so much work, dude. It sounds crazy. Like it really does. Like once you said maple farm, and then you got bees. In my mind, that's like that's it. That's keeping me busy forever. I'll never, like, it just sounds like so much work, dude. Like. Well, so tell us t- – uh, all right, so when we first started talking, we were talking off-air about the sugaring, right, like the, the tree sap. And so you said we're coming to the end of sugaring season, right? Is that right?
2: So, yeah, sugaring, that's what locally here – maple syrup production, maple production, we call it sugaring. Um, right now we are in the, the middle – Probably the heart of the season. We, we may have okay. seasons are beginning shorter. We we probably have 10, 10 days to two weeks left of production. We make syrup. We call it spring. It's not. We use that term uh, loosely, I guess. It's it's still. It's the tail end of winter when daytime temperatures get above freezing and nighttime temperatures are below freezing. That's when the maple sap moving up through the trees and we we collect it Um, so we need that freeze thaw cycle typically for us we tap trees i put out about 1800 taps wow Um, we started (laughs) middle of february getting our trees tapped and our we we use a tubing system and a, a vacuum tubing system so there's i don't know 20 to 50, i don't know exactly how many miles of tubing we have running through the woods it's, well
0: it's, it's a lot bro if you got 1800 <laughs> trees tapped it's a lot it's a shitload of tubing so it's a so it's a it's a yeah. major op i mean this alone is a major operation right just the sugaring just the maple syrup production is a major operation right
2: i mean for us yeah but we are considered a a small producer by a long shot so mm-hmm. i I put out eighteen hundred taps in a in a good. If we had an excellent season, we would make eight hundred gallons of syrup.
0: Damn!
2: I know people that have ten thousand taps, twenty thousand taps, right up who, to you know. We sell syrup in drums to a guy who runs ninety thousand taps. So we're small, but eighteen hundred trees. If it's just me doing it, right, it keeps me plenty. plenty I mean, when you say when you say yeah.
0: <laughs> like you keep saying we. Is we just you or is it you and your family? Like who's we?
2: Well, we is me, my wife, we've got three little kids who aren't very uh they're learning. I I told a guy in the hardware store the other day, I said, give us a few years when we need a well oiled machine coming <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's not me. I get how um during critical times, I have friends that help. So I have some some friends, and my, my dad's nearby. He comes to help.
0: Okay. Um, but we is know, we is increased. basically just you. I mean, it's you and your wife is what it sounds like, right?
2: But it makes me feel better. Yeah, it's me and my wife. It's it's our core family group. And then if I say we, it, you know, it makes it feel more like there's a whole team behind us. But it's like,
0: <laughs> you, it's just, you got a whole operation. I mean, it's almost better. It almost sounds... I mean, so first of all, it's a shitload of work, but it also sounds cool and like quaint if it's like a family run you know it's a family run operation
1: now are you considered yeah, like, I mean, are it... you considered a small or a medium-sized farm
2: farm i mean like a- like, like acreage how much become... how
1: many acres are you like you know what I mean? what's your acreage?
2: we're on 120 acres which is oh, a, a cool. decent sized chunk of land for vermont farms mm-hmm. um that's The postage stamp if you compared it to like a midwestern farm yeah Um, Mm. of that 120 acres we've got about 18 acres of open ground pasture where we run our poultry and and um sheep the pigs move on the pasture and through the woods and then the the remaining 100 plus acres of that we we sugar on about 25 acres of it, and the rest is woodlot where we are. We've got a forestry plan that we follow and are in the multi generational process of, of making timber, saw log timber, so growing trees.
0: Oh. Is mm-hmm. crop. this is it, like, part. it's insane to me, bro. This is this, first of all, the whole thing is kind of baffling to me, right? So, like, we just for background on we grew up in montclair on who we're talking to here like (laughs) tim is (laughs) tim is our friend who grew up and grew up where we grew up in montclair new jersey which is a a suburb of new york city I mean, montclair new jersey about 25 minutes outside of manhattan Mm -hmm. and so if you can tim and in i know that the story is pretty long but tell us how you went from suburban kid montclair new jersey to i own and operate a a hundred acre farm in vermont with pigs and all this other kind of stuff and you're in the woods like for a lot of people i feel like we're in we're in this weird time where a lot of people romanticize this like i'm gonna go out in the woods and i'm just gonna get away from it all and like i'm gonna have sheep <laughs> shit like like i feel like if you see people on instagram they're like that's what I, I can't wait to go do it and then but you're like i did it it's a lot of work <laughs> like this is not this is like a thing how did you get there
2: That is a, it, you know, how do we get here is a difficult question to answer succinctly. Um, I always loved being outside. So, like growing up as a kid, hiking, getting outdoors, that was a, a passion. Right. Um, as I grew older, um, I was studied as a geologist, um, focusing on climate change at Hamilton College. After college, I worked as an environmental geologist doing soil and groundwater pollution remediation um, around the DC area and New York City area, North Jersey. Okay. Um, And, you know, the the geology was a way to be close to the land. As an environmental geologist, there is some save the world. Sure. Aspect to it that you, mm-hmm. of course, that you yeah. think but really I, I sat in a cubicle and um was I, I worked for a company that had i don't know eighty thousand employees
0: oh wow okay. um so in
2: 2012 we got we were down in dc we got fed up with i got fed up with sitting on the beltway in traffic commuting to and from the office we <laughs> Packed up, we didn't have any kids, no house, packed up. We quit our jobs and hiked the Appalachian Trail, um, walked from Maine down to Georgia. <sighs> Coming through Vermont, like oh, I made a joke, <laughs> like oh, this was a nice place. And fast forward a few more years, we ended up looking up and down the whole state of Vermont along the trail for a piece of land where we could do that romantic thing. Right. I found this 20 acres that borders the trail. It's right, right here. Um, and then a few years into it, I got to know the neighbor who was a sugar maker, um, started sugaring with him, learning how to do it. And eventually came to an agreement with him to purchase his property. Um,
0: and that's and then, where you're
2: at. Yeah. I mean, the pandemic really forced us into the, the animal side of things sure um, because we, we were packing up truckloads of syrup and going down to Jersey and DC Delaware doing craft shows and that all just evaporated
0: sure that that industry so, does is it
2: I don't
1: I don't want to gloss I don't want to gloss over the fact that like this dude's story He just he was he just described like being a settler in the eighteen hundreds. He
0: did he did I don't I like the fact that he goes I like the fact that he goes, Yeah, and then we we quit our jobs and then we walked from Maine to Georgia. Like it was just like a casual trip. Like he didn't like he didn't just say just just brush over the fact that he walked
2: all of America. He just described
0: like (laughs) he described
1: that game, what was it, Oregon Trail? Yeah, he did an Oregon trail
0: by himself. Yeah, just walking, just on his feet. Like, I, like, in my mind, you're basically Forrest Gump, but you did it walking.
1: <laughs> Thank God
0: no one got dysentery. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love
1: it. That is, that's a great story, though, man. That, it's amazing. Well, so what I'm,
0: what I'm also interested in is, so, like, when you – another thing that you kind of glossed over, you were like, yeah, you know, and then we – and then after we did the hike, we, said, we thought, yeah, there's 20 acres in, in Vermont that we'd like. So, like, if you hadn't even gotten into the farming, what were you going to do? just live on this 20 acre land in, in Vermont and just kind of.
2: I, when we first moved up here, um, I moved away from the environmental consulting because Vermont's a clean state. There's no pollution clean, I mean, there's some, but there's not the sort of pollution you have in a, a major metro area. Um,
0: right. Mm-hmm. So
2: shift from the environmental consulting, I got into facilities management. Um, so I worked at a, there's a hotel up the road here little tiny barnard vermont this hotel forbes called him the best hotel in the world last year oh wow Um, worked there for a few years as a as an assistant facilities manager um maintenance overseeing maintenance grounds um a team of housekeepers making the hotel run
0: gotcha so the so the but but the farming thing wasn't even
2: part of it no i mean it it happened but you can't just it's very difficult unless you have very deep pockets to just, Hey, I'm going to go start farming and make money. Cause it takes a long time and a lot uh-huh. of effort to start generating an income from a piece right. of land. Right. Um, especially if you're not, you know, we're we, when we took over the sugaring operation, the guy we bought it from had 900 taps out just, well maybe just shy of a thousand. We've doubled that. Um, in the time we've had it So there was something here to start with But it was not going to make You know it was not going to make an income Right it was a struggle It was a,
1: it was a struggle, was a a struggle in the beginning
0: Well does it also It also kind of sounds like the dude wasn't Like it was Was it like a business for him it Was this just a hobby Like why Was it just like he didn't He didn't he have he the enterprise
2: No he, he grew up here sugaring So his dad sugared here His dad's dad sugared here Oh, wow. So it's been their family. They used to, it was a, it was a dairy farm at one point. Dairy in Vermont has gone, you know, dairy throughout the Northeast has gone downhill. Mm -hmm. Um, So they, he was sugaring as a, basically as a hobby. I mean, he was making some money off it, but it it was just enough to pay the taxes and have Mm -hmm. a little pocket change. Right, right. It wasn't, you know, the first questions I asked and got into is like, how, you know, what do we have to do here to make at least a part of a living off of, off of the sugaring? And then, you know, we, we just kind of ran with it. Crazy,
0: crazy to me. Trey, did you do your normal thing where you look up stats on financials? Uh, yeah. Well, I,
1: I didn't really look up too many too much about like um, the money aspect, but I just found some, just some interesting information. Um, back in 2017, there was a census done and uh, there are two, there were two hundred and seventy three thousand small farms, and and that's why I asked that question about mm-hmm. how many acres, because a small farm constitutes between one to nine acres. So oh, I okay. guess with a hundred acres you would fit, with, you know, in, uh, medium in you know, a medium large medium to large territory. Um, but what I found interesting was that you know in the in the eighteen hundreds it was like ninety percent of the U.S. population lived on farms, right? In the 1900s, it moved to about 40%. And then you, you don't see until, like, the 1950s, that huge, like, you know, sprawl to urban centers. Right. Um, but it's it's interesting because you're starting to see a trend of people going back to farming um, and, you know, basically trying their hand at these, you know, these smaller farms. Um, which kind of leads me to a question because um, – I, you know, my wife and I, we watch these, uh, these, these food shows all the time. And like, you hear about this farm to table, you know, where like, you know, you, you, I guess you work hand in hand with like restaurants and stuff like that. Do you do any of that kind of stuff?
2: Yeah. So our, our main customers, I mean, we have one of the things that small farms need to do to be successful at this scale, we can't compete in the commodity market. That's mm-hmm. what the Midwestern farms do. If you try and sell commodity anything, you're toast. You'll get blown so out. So we, right? we go direct to retail with as much of our product as we can. So I'm selling it to you, the the end user, or we also have a number of restaurants because we're, we're building into the scale where we can sell to high-end restaurants and mm-hmm. give them a quality product that they can't get off of the Cisco truck or, you know, whatever, whoever your food service person is, right. This isn't, you know, Costco chicken that we're raising. Mm. Um, and so we sell to, we sell to restaurants and we sell direct, direct to consumer.
0: Is it mainly our, in, in Vermont? Best, like- oh, highest sorry.
2: Quality- sorry, go ahead almost entirely in vermont so i mean our our syrup and honey we we travel the craft show stuff has started again that stuff is non-perishable so we can load it in truck and go for a weekend um when we go to north jersey i have started doing um some like pre-ordered meat like if you wanted our pork we can't sell our chicken out of state because we process on farm um and that's against the law, but we do USDA process our pork and our lamb. And so if people in Jersey, like the, the folks on my close contact list, it's like, hey, if you want any pork or lamb or any of the, the meat we have, you know, we're going to be down here. This is when, mm-hmm. tell me what you want and we'll, we'll bring it. But right now, our our primary customers, were are within... 25 miles of the farm so it's all
0: its but that's like the freshest chicken that you're ever going to eat dude that shit it came right off the farm down the street all right so tim so tim when you come to my birthday party i'm going to put in an order for some uh some ribs so you just 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 bring a pig to the to the house you know what i mean just bring that pig down with you throw the pig in the truck we'll slaughter it out in the driveway (laughs) you know what let's take a break we When we come come back, we'll talk more about uh, uh, high-low farm catering my birthday party. (laughs) Semi-informed, we're back. We're talking to Tim. High-low farms up in Woodstock, Vermont. He's got pigs. He's got chickens. He's got sheep and he's got a shitload of maple trees, and he's got bees. I didn't even know that you could sell bees. He said we sell bees also. Did you hear that part?
1: Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> Selling bees,
0: bro. We move bees on the regular. I thought the bees were, like, endangered. Aren't we, like, supposed to be protecting the bees and stuff? You got enough that you can just sell?
2: Well, we we try to, you know, we can, you can propagate bees if if you're when the weather's good, when it's springtime, summertime, you can propagate bees pretty readily. They Mm -hmm. will, you know, we can raise queens and start new hives. Basically, you're taking an existing hive, um, raising new queens and dividing that hive.
0: Oh, amongst um, the queens.
2: And everywhere you have a queen and her brood, you can start a new hive. So you can expand, if you know what you're doing, you can expand you know, over the course of a season, if you're aggressive about it, where we are, we could expand one hive into four. Um, Oh, I got you. I
0: love this. How how many YouTube videos did you watch to learn how to do this shit? (laughs) The
2: internet's not all cat videos, right? (laughs) Seriously, dude. And and arguing about what you're an expert about.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Hey, what, um, what steps have you taken to keep, to, to make your farm sustainable in the long, in the long run? Cause I know, you know, you said you had, you know, your background in, in the environment. And I know like when you raise livestock, you have to, you know, as you get more and more, you got to clear land. I mean, they've got to eat, move around, things like that. Um, so like, yeah, so what steps have you taken in order to uh, strike that balance?
2: Um, it's a it's a complex question. Um, so a bunch of years ago, they'd been putting fertilizer on all our fields. Uh, a local farmer was haying our field. We, we stopped the fertilizer inputs. We put chickens out there. And so mm-hmm. we we have, in order to be sustainable and have our land grow, we put animals on it. And one of the things that modern agriculture has done is divorced animals from the landscape, put them into confinement operations. And without... Animals do an incredible job to add fertility to your land. You take them off, then you have to find that fertility from somewhere else. You can't grow a crop in the same place year after year without significant Mm inputs. We run chickens um, out in our pastures and then... The chickens leave their manure load behind. The grass grows like crazy. When our first cut of hay came off the field last season, it was over our heads. Wow! And so we can follow. You know, you can follow the poultry a, a month or two later with your with your ruminants. You know, either right now we have sheep. Eventually, we'll evolve into into beef. Um, but you can you can use an animal to add nutrition to the land to grow good grass to grow another animal. Right, um, right. That makes sense. Pigs, pigs go through, do what they do. They will clear out, rushy, thorny, over vegetated land, and mm. then open it up for us. As we get ready to move the pigs, because all of our animals move all the time. Um, say we'll have the pigs in an area for five or ten days. We'll we'll seed behind them with a forage crop, peas, oats, sorghum, um, different grasses. And we'll move the pigs on that stuff will grow up and then later in the summer when that stuff's all humongous and nice we can run the pigs back through or the chickens or another animal that's going to eat and consume that forage crop so we've used the pigs to to clear the and to clear unproductive land and, and bring it back into production they have have seeded you know next month's meal so to speak right and we're oh that makes so we're, sense we're, we're, we're building soil which is a which is and that whole process builds soil because the pigs come through, they they eat and redeposit this stuff. The sheep, you know. Anytime the, you have an I love animal, the,
0: the flowery language. You can just say that they're shitting.
2: <laughs> yeah, when an animal poops on the ground. Yes, it it does great things. That's great, how you build soil. If great take, soil fertilizer. If you don't have if you don't have animals on the land, you're going to need some other input to to right. get that fertility and we're seeing now I mean we've been seeing it for a long time but the fragility of the industrial system is is scary let me you know, let me look at the price of fertilizer right now oh go ahead yep it's through the roof
0: it's expensive and that that's shit is expensive out here
2: yeah, that's how, yeah especially
0: if you want the good fresh poop right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so all right, so you I mean, you also just threw in, like, yeah, eventually we'll have dairy here, blah, 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 blah. I like the way he keeps doing that. Do you notice that? He just casually just throws something out there. It's like a massive no hurdle. That no, no,
2: no, no. what? No dairy. Beef. I don't want to milk cows twice a day. That's, that's too much work.
0: Well, sorry. I mean, sorry, you did say beef. All I, all I saw was just pigs on my land. <laughs> when you said that, I was like, damn, now we got to have pigs. And I got to walk them around, too. And it's just you and your wife. <laughs> I'm like, yo, this is a lot of work for two people. He's like looking at his kid every night, like, will you grow up? Will you hurry up and figure out how to cut the heads off these damn chickens? We got rest. We got people to feed. (laughs) Tell me, tell me, tell me a little bit about. Have you ever heard of like? Wait, sorry, go ahead.
2: My four and a half year old can now open and close fences, which is great when you're trying to drive a tractor into a group of animals. He can open the. (laughs) driving he could close it behind Just kind of jumping up and down
0: uh, that shit is an osha violation uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right let me t- <laughs> let t- have you heard of like agro farming like people it's like a lifestyle almost but like people want to like couch surf and go like stay at farms for a little bit and just be like a farmhand for three months or whatever have you have you thought of doing anything like that like take a you know, people who just do like a leap year from school or whatever, not a leap year, a gap year, or whatever, they just want to work on a farm. Like, would you take somebody on to do that?
2: I, I would not at this time because where we're at now in the building phase, um, my operations are not streamlined enough for me to be able to train somebody in a short period of time right. to have them be effective like everything it's
0: you couldn't you know. just put them in a room somewhere and say here watch these 30 youtube videos and then when you come out i'm gonna put you straight on the <laughs> goat. i'm gonna put you right with, to sheep
2: every, every, piece of, every piece of equipment we have has a personality there's a lot of stuff that's you know rigged together where <laughs> i a love significant it. amount Explaining, somebody's not gonna be able to walk up and like understand how to operate some of this stuff i
0: got you in my Um, mind your house operates like one of those rube goldberg machines where like you pull up you pull the you pull pull a book off the shelf and an egg rolls down (laughs) it hits the spatula cracks that starts cooking you got 30 of those going the kids come through they all get fed somehow on an assembly line (laughs)
2: oh my god that's what my sugar house is like
0: i love it i love it <laughs> tell us about yo, t- oh go ahead try
1: yeah I was just uh, so yo how how's how's these gas prices been affecting you man
2: like i don't get man? out much um so we do right now we do a delivery route direct farm to home delivery route on a weekly basis um you don't use oil on covers. the farm
0: at all you're not using gas on the farm
2: I mean, we use, we use diesel fuel in the tractor. We use mm-hmm. gasoline in our four-wheeler. Um, okay. The, yeah, but he's not tilling land or anything.
0: He's got the pigs doing that work. No.
2: yeah, he's smart Anywhere about it. Anywhere you can have an animal do the work, have the animal do the work. It's good for the animal. It's good for the ground. And you're saving either mechanical or chemical input, which is saving you some money. Right. And then if you just work all the time and you don't leave the farm... There's your, right.
0: There's your it, fuel bill. What about um, what I mean, you as an expert, as a geologist, and all this, and and like a soil expert, what is what are your concerns with climate change? Because like that's going to shrink your winter season. Eventually, right? Like eventually, the sugaring could could become a, a harder process, right? You're working with way less time.
2: Right. So. One of the reasons we do so many different things and part of being sustainable is like how many, how many cards or building blocks or pieces can we pull out of the system before it all collapses? And so we're not all in on any one thing. Like we try to scale them to the point that they, they make us good money, but I'm, I'm not putting every dollar I have into the sugar bush because 20 years from now who knows yeah and right when i look back because we have sugaring logs that go back through the late 30s so i'm tapping trees in middle of february they used to not tap until like last week of march
0: oh wow wow that's an interesting way to track to track change though right also like you can see you're seeing it firsthand and you're and you're like touching the trees and you can feel them Changing and everything—that's crazy. You can see your productions drop.
2: One of the things that's so fascinating, so enjoyable about sugaring is once we've come through this. Vermont winter is rough. It's getting less rough, but you have your finger on the pulse of of springtime. And like, even in the time we've been doing it, I see the migratory. I'm seeing the migratory birds arrive earlier. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like okay, well, it's getting hot south of us. It's going to get hot here it's going to shorten up sugaring so like when the robins show up we're like uh-oh
0: right we got to move
2: blackbirds show up we, we know we're done soon
0: right wow right. that's so crazy dude like you're i can't even imagine it you're so like everything that you've said so far today is like beyond the scope of anything that i've ever thought about <laughs> but it's so cool though like how
1: it's so cool you it's awesome be. dude i know yeah. Yeah like baker he's watching the birds he knows uh, you know. know just by watching birds like This it, is what you know, I'm saying actually, like. but but this is the part that I'm saying
0: like people say this shit like man I'd love to be out on a farm and I'm like bro no you don't cuz you just want to go you just want to go like they in your like garden the, yeah they like to be in the garden and they like those videos where they open the doors and then the cows get to run and feel grass for the first time but it's like <laughs> You don't realize all the work that it took to get the cows in that building in the first fucking place. Like nobody, nobody wants to do the actual work of it, dude. Like, it's a hard-ass job. And when that smell hits your nostrils. Yeah, how, how bad does your life smell? <laughs> <laughs> Is that a wildly offensive question?
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. In, in the wintertime, you know, we put the pigs in a stand of pines, and they've basically said, because we can't move fence during the right. winter. And the ground mm-hmm. freezes up. Our chickens are in a in a greenhouse. So a 70 foot by 16 foot plastic. It's not, I mean, it's a, it's a Glass. greenhouse tunnel. Right, right, right. Um, when you confine, when you confine animals, you have to manage that, that waste. Yeah. Um, we... We put down a lot of hay for the pigs to to bed themselves in, and it it soaks up some of that waste situation. The, we get wood chips from the local tree guy by the dump truck load to, to bed the chicken house. Right. Um, but during the summer months, what the... you keep the animals moving. Oh, I guess the that's smell's true, not yeah. there. Yeah, because yeah, you're a good not point. you're not overloading. The land will the land will absorb the manure and put it to use. So that's long as you point. don't overload it.
0: It's so, so funny. It's backwards from what I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. It's backwards from what I thought. In my mind, I'm like, Oh, that's summer month. August comes. And it's like, Oh God, I can't even
2: <laughs> this whole no, hundred acres. Growing, are, everything's it right
0: up. Yeah, I guess that's true. I, you're
2: right. I went to a, farm, went to a guy in, in Virginia who does pastured pork. And I think at any given time they had like 800 to 1200 pigs on his property. I mean, you'd sit down anywhere and eat a sandwich. Wow.
0: Wow. That's crazy. That's hey,
2: awesome, does your dude. farm
1: does your farm do like uh, like here like where I live, I live in uh northwestern New Jersey. So I'm about 35 minutes from Montclair and we've got a lot of farms that um you know have pretty much um turned their land into um I we call it like it's almost like a circus. You can it's go like commercialized. Yeah, you can see the animals, but you could also learn about, you know, little different aspects of the farm do you do you do that or do you plan on doing that in the, in the, like in the future to kind of the kind of like tours I, right like something
2: i do it on a, a friends and family good customer like you know it's on a very personal basis at the moment mm. i i don't have the capacity um to be running tours reggae you know it takes a lot of time mm. um but when people come visit and are genuinely interested or want to learn something about what we're doing. Yeah. You get in touch with me and we, we, we figure it out. I'm, you know, we're here. He's
0: so. not going anywhere. He's there. You just go find, you just, actually a tour is basically just bring your friend to work day with Tim. You just got to show up. And- <laughs> well,
1: I, I ask that questions. I, I feel like more, more and more farms need to do that in order to, you know, to, to make money. I mean, it's, it's a hard industry you know, it's tough. I mean, you have, you know, one bad season, one bad crop. Um, right. You know, you might have a bug or something that comes over from Asia that eats your crops. I mean, anything could happen. Right. So I feel like you see more and more of these farms are expanding into that realm.
2: Yeah, the, the tourism, it certainly helps. You know, and there's people like a lot of the small farms around us and a lot of the regenerative farms, they find a good they'll put up like a yurt or have you know a little Mm. shed cabin and Mm. people come stay for the weekend like Airbnb, like you have you know they put up these little airbnb things Mm -hmm. and that's a that's a good way it's not it's not like the go to the orchard petting zoo get driven around in a wagon train and pick pumpkins kind of thing
1: right no Um,
2: yeah which is what you know you see a lot of a lot of those farms i feel like are you know the petting zoo type type operations they're hang. they're like probably hanging on by a thread because they make yeah. one or two crops and the commodity Anybody selling commodity anything is is getting smoked because uh. they are just they they get the small they, you know i don't know it's, it is 15 percent of the retail dollar it, it's pretty miserable
0: yeah yeah it's not, they're, not, they're not raising a ton of money off of hay rides how much um well actually no where did where did the name high low farm come from was that what it was
2: already called? Uh, no, prior to us, it was just um, JJ Johnson Sugar Bush um, High Low Farm. My um, my grandfather's mother had a. This was you like know, I wouldn't call it a farm, but they they called it a farm. Well, they called it High and Low. It was an estate kind of farm down okay. in. I don't know, northern Westchester County. And growing up as a kid, you know, my parents' generation would talk about, oh, you know, the time we spent at High and Low. And it always held a romantic place in my mind. And so when right. we got here, it just it just kind of fit. And it fits with the land um, that we're working on. We Nothing in Vermont is, is flat. It's flat, yeah. Um, no. We talk about these nine-acre small farms. I don't have 9 acres of flat ground anywhere. Wow. wow. <laughs> so we have got some some flat ground down in the valley, um, but otherwise pretty much everywhere you drive you got to worry about tipping over. That's so crazy, man. I love it so much.
1: I want I, uh, I, I want I, I definitely want to come visit. <laughs> we take care.
0: we're taking a field trip, bro. The next time we do this <laughs> My we're My kids doing, will love it. Yeah, bro, we're doing the podcast from High Low Farm on your <laughs> shaky ass <laughs> internet connection. We're, we're going <laughs> to have to bring bring some internet with it. us <laughs> all right you know what uh tim before we get it you're gonna stick around for trending topics
2: absolutely right. i'll be great at this
0: because <laughs> <laughs> you know when
1: you think about twitter you think about a farmer in vermont and <laughs> right,
0: it's now time for trending topics All right, trending topics. Let's get into it. And <laughs> Trey, Trey, and Tim Fox. Tim, who told me before we started recording, uh, I have, I don't watch TV. Why would I watch TV? I was like, Yeah, that's a good point. I guess you're busy. <laughs> you're busy worrying about where the pigs are shitting and stuff. It's like <laughs> you got a lot. You got other things on your <laughs> mind, bro. Like I, I, you don't even have time for any distractions. You got to keep this farm working. <laughs> All right. So let's get into trending topics. Trending topic number one. The Rams. That's not what I thought it was going to be. The Rams. Yeah, the Rams.
2: Hmm. Talking about my male sheep who tried to knock me over the other day. (laughs) (laughs) I knew. I knew that. It was was a trending topic for me about an hour.
1: That was trending on the, on
0: the, on the, farmers, on the farm. farmers, bro. I would love to have Tim, you should start doing trending topics on your Instagram feed, which by the way, if you're not following high, low farms on Instagram, you're, you're not doing the right thing. It's a very solid, oh, it's a very solid Instagram follow.
1: Oh man. Oh, uh, Rams, uh, the football, the NFL team. Obviously. Okay. Um, I don't know. Did they, uh, did they did they pick up a wide receiver because Cooper Cup can't do it all?
0: They did, they did, Trey. Well all done. Right. That was so random. I'm surprised you got that one. They've signed <laughs> Allen Robinson. Okay. Who we all know is a guy who plays football.
1: <laughs> I didn't want to disrespect Allen Robinson. That's right. why I was like, okay.
0: I don't know, bro. I haven't watched football in about four years, so I don't know. Tim, Tim, does that does Allen Robinson ring any bells for you? Not a one. Is that the name of the Ram? That's the new name of your male sheep on your farm now. He's Alan Robinson.
2: Our our Ram's name is Flopo. He was named by my four year old.
0: <laughs> if the if the LA Rams signed him, then they're in trouble because apparently he can tackle his ass off. All right, trending topic number two. Pete Davidson. Oh good.
1: Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson. That's the that's the comedian, right?
0: Davidson is a comedian. The the, the the white guy from Saturday Night Live. The white guy from Saturday Night Live. All right, all right. Oh, we're trying to get a house
2: next to Kim.
0: He's trying to get a house next to Kim. That's a good guess. That's a good guess. I like that that, that <laughs> Tim That's knew.
2: Radio.
0: Tim knew that it was even related to Kim. Trey, do you even know what Kim we're talking about here? No. Tim, Tim was on a farm. Tim was on a farm in Vermont. He has more kids than you. What is your excuse at this point to not I heard know that him? on my FM
2: radio? <laughs> <laughs> I had to crank That's duct,
0: it. tape. Sure, duct tape. It's duct tape to his tractor. Cranked the radio this morning and he listened to it it this morning. In. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to, he was also using it as a flashlight and somehow he knows about Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian. Trey's got no clue.
1: Oh, I got nothing. So you, got not, you have
0: You I mean, well, they've been dating for a while now and Kanye West is like, he's going crazy. He got kicked off of Instagram. Oh, yeah. He I heard about that Trevor threatening, Noah thing. Yeah, threatening Kim Pete Davidson's life and like all this. He's going crazy. But so why would Pete Davidson be trending right now? No clue? I don't know. He, he all right. So Tim, t- t- I don't know. Hey, you pulled it out of your ass, dude. That was a good one. <laughs> Did I really? He apparently got her name tattooed on his skin. Holy shit. Wow, that was a good. Wow. That was a good pull. Solid pull. Dude, look at that one. Wow, well done, dude. Got the you ace done. on the river. Yeah, what <laughs> Oh my god, that was great. All right. All right. And <clears throat> trending topic number 3. Iowa. Iowa. Uh, does this have something to do with the elections? No, Trey. It has nothing no. to do with the okay. elections. Tim, why well, I would should... Iowa be trending right now? Needs a lot of I head shaking. To... He
2: with, with corn or fertilizer.
0: <laughs> it's nothing to do with <laughs> corn or fertilizer? <laughs> Trey... <laughs> oh, everything is just farmer oriented. <laughs> of course, he's like, "Well, they're the cornhuskers, so." It's yeah, be corn Huskers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Trey, Iowa. What else? Ha- what's today? What started today? I
1: don't know. March. Basketball. Oh, March Madness.
0: Oh, March Madness started today, and uh, Iowa would be a upset team. College basketball team. Yeah, yeah,
1: the the, the yeah. The, I know the Iowa. Yeah, Iowa.
0: And did, they, did they upset somebody? Well, okay, I'll give it to you. So Iowa's actually ranked number five. They lost to the Richmond Spiders. Who the fuck are the Richmond Spiders? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that is why Iowa is trending on Twitter right now. What was it Richmond was a, ranked? It was a 12-5 upset, which is, wow. everybody knows, the most common upset in March Madness. But the Richmond Spiders, who I saw on somebody's bracket, they had them winning the entire tournament, which would be absolutely bananas, but so far they're on their way. The Richmond Spiders have upset the number five Iowa Hawkeyes, 67-63 to in the first round of March Madness. Wow. Crazy, huh? That is crazy. Trending topic, number four, St. Patrick.
2: St. Patrick's Day.
0: Yeah, that one's easy. Tim, (laughs) any reaction?
2: My internet slowed down. Can you say it again? (laughs)
0: <laughs> i will not it, I, I said with saint patrick saint patrick is trending at number four it's today, <laughs> it's today. that's right oh, i love it i love it i love it i love it so much all right trey trending topic number five everybody's favorite thing to do on thursday night can you already guess what it is trey it is literally wow. trending every week that we do are they, the are they
1: Are they watching Station 19?
0: They are watching Station 19. <laughs> you know that they are, dude. You know that they are. If it's Thursday, it's Station 19, and they're watching it. They can't get enough. My wife's upstairs
1: right now sitting with her. She's uh, Her head's at the edge of the bed, and she's riveted.
0: <laughs> I think we've made her a Station 19 fan, if anything. Oh, she is. She is. Tim, have you watched any Station 19 this season?
2: Do you know what it is? It sounds like a television show. It sounds very interesting.
0: Based on listening to the podcast, which he has done, he does get up in Vermont. He knows exactly what it is. He knows all about Station 19.
2: It's Firehouse, right?
0: Oh, see, there you go. That's my man. Right. Let me do... uh,
2: I am semi-informed. Let me just do...
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was going to do an extra bonus one, but fuck it, let's end right there. That has been Trending Topics. All right, that has been another amazing show of semi-informed. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much to Tim for staying thank up you, late, sir. even though we thank know you. that you have to go work. You've been drinking coffee the whole show. I don't know how or why you're doing this. Um, Man's got to wake fact, up in six hours <laughs> for the fact that you love farming, which is absolutely the coolest thing ever. Yes. Tell the people who are listening where they can find you because they can order they can order maple syrup from you and the honey.
2: You get our maple and honey, Highlowfarmvt.com, H-I-G-H-L-O-W FarmVT as in Vermont.com. Or if you're in the North Jersey area, we're going to be down the weekend of May 21st, 22nd at Verona Park selling our syrup and honey there. Um, we'll also be, we'll do all four of the the montclair area art in the park so we'll be back brookdale park in june and then again anderson park and brookdale in the in the fall
0: awesome very cool and if you're on instagram please go follow high low farm
2: hey just really-
1: so you just so the listeners know last time i was in montclair bought some honey it's delicious it's awesome maple dude. syrup it's delicious it. and i still got some
0: i still got some too
1: all you need is a little bit of this shit it's
0: so good i'm telling you dude the high low farm syrup is quite amazing yes and we're not just saying that it is i'm not just saying it either bro my girlfriend's a fan we were we i made some pancakes the other day and it was like you have won valentine's day sir thank you (laughs) praise to you praise to your syrup we appreciate it all right thank you so much that was awesome Uh, please, 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 if you haven't already, leave us a review, give us a good rating wherever you're listening to this podcast. It's going to help other people find it, and uh, you want other people to find it so that we're not just a semi informed populace walking around here not knowing a damn thing. (laughs) (laughs) Join us next week where we will be semi informed about
1: the foster care system.
0: Oh, another (laughs) wonderfully uplifting topic. (laughs) (laughs) all right trey i'll talk to you next week man all right man peace